Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you uh, want to sit and uh, talk about stuff uh, before, you know, the next combat breaks out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like to really just dig in on our feelings about each other and, like, that really annoying habit that you have that my character always just, like, sighs and rolls her eye about. Like, I, I think that we should just get in on that and, like, resolve that situation. Well, I mean, that's important because I think there's something that's really important that I need to tell you. Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. Uh, I'm one of your hosts who loves to uh, chat in character. And your name is? Phil. (laughs) And I am your other host, Senda, who also really likes to be in character. (laughs) Indeed you are. Thanks for reminding me of my name. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, Welcome to episode 230 of the show. Um, Clearly, we must be talking about role playing tonight, but I'm sure we didn't come up with this ourselves. Where did our topic for tonight come from? Yeah, it came from um, Ryan Bolter on Twitter, and he asked us, how do we give our players chances to role play amongst themselves outside of the plot that we set up? Also, how do we as players embrace those chances without relying on the GM to specifically point out it's downtime, talk in character for a bit or something? I like the or something a lot. Yeah, or something. Just like, or something. Do do something. Go, minions, puppets, be, make role play. <laughs> So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna just define one term uh, very briefly. I think we all I think I think we know from Ryan's um, context what we're talking about. But um, RP or role play um, is often defined as um, the in character dialogue between uh, either PCs or a PC and an NPC. Um, RP obviously being short for role playing. Um, which, you know, it's a shorthand that, um, if you're not familiar with it, it's a shorthand that a lot of people use um, to mean the dialogue parts um, as opposed to, like, the crunchy parts like um, combats and skill checks and things like that. Um, so sometimes you will hear people talk about, like, oh, we had a really good session last night because we, like, we had a lot of RP. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's, it's also a bit of a misnomer because it's not like we're not role-playing all the other times yeah. that we're playing the game. Yeah. Um, but it's just over the years, this R- RP has become the shorthand to just mean the talky dialogue parts. Yes. Um, which is okay. We're not, we're not here to change definitions. Uh, we are here to merely establish them. Uh, so we're just going to stick with that. Role-play or RP is what we're going to use tonight um, as we talk through things. Um, and to address Ryan's points, we're going to attack this. Um, we're going to attack this from a, a couple different uh, angles. So first of all, we're going to talk about setting up uh, your game for good RP. Uh, then we're going to talk about what you can do as a GM to encourage this, and then also to address Ryan's last point, we'll also talk about from the player side what you can do um, to also make for some uh, some good role play. Yeah, sound good. Yes. 
It's all okay. my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, I mean, it, it, it's as much your favorite as it is mine. I, right? I actually really love. I, I really love playing in character. It's all my favorite um, bits. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. You know, when I, when I GM things, um, I, I will just jump into like random NPCs and play things out, um, unless I'm like, you know on a time but you know time budget or i really like you know there's some other parts of the story we have to get to and then i'll just kind of hand wave through some stuff but uh, i'm very comfortable just kind of jumping into being uh whomever right the mayor of this town the you know whatever and like just start like you want if you want to start talking in character i will talk to you in character yes because like yes <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm, I'm very much, yes. uh, and, and you, of course, I know, love playing in character. Yeah, I, I am not a, um, I don't tend to be, you know, it, it happens always, and it depends on the, the exact setting, but I don't tend to be a, um, a sure, she tells you this stuff because you had a conversation kind of GM. I am, I am definitely much more of a, like, go talk to the person, I will talk to you. If I tell you that in a game... It's my indication to you to keep moving. Yeah, this is like, unimportant. This wasn't. This was not important. Just move along. Yeah. Like if I, if I give it to you and don't make you go ask for it, I mean to put you somewhere where you are going to talk to someone. Yes, but this is just now, not the someone. Yeah. I, I will say, as an aside, as a, mm-hmm. or or a footnote, if you want to hear some really good RP between uh, the two of us. Uh, I will uh, make two suggestions yeah. that exist out in the world. Uh, <laughs> one is a Sass Geek, ga- uh, Sass Geek episode. There are um, two Sass Geek episodes. Well, I'm thinking I'm thinking of, um, uh, what is it? Um, the sky is gray and you are depressed? Yeah, you are distressed. Distressed, right? distressed. Yes, not depressed. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> that, oh my um, gosh. I'm so sorry, Josh. <laughs> that, was a, um, that was a fantastic um <sighs> like intense rp uh, uh that was scene. it was great and i i mean well i will say there there were people who actually let me know that they couldn't listen to it because it was a little too much and i was like that is okay like we had a grand old time playing it um it was great uh it was the emotional investment was very high um but but i would be tempted to also say Starcrossed, also on sas geek Oh, Starcross is excellent. And then I'll add a third one. Yes. Because it's on YouTube. Yes, it is. I know what you're going to say. It was so good. And it would be good. Lady Blackbird. It was so good. It was so good. Yes. <sighs> we, were the, we were the captain Your and hand. Lady Blackbird. <laughs> That's where that goes when you dance this closely. <laughs> oh, God. That game was amazing. <clears throat> anyway, so if you want, so if you want to hear us put our money... Where our mouths are, um, there are recordings you can hear us having a lot of in-character dialogue. It's true with each other. It's true. All right, so we should like we should get started by talking about setting the stage. Yeah, um, because because I think if because I think that in all cases, right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna have you actually describe what you can do to set the stage. But I'm just gonna mention this: if you are jumping into a game group um, and you have not done the things we're about to explain like you may be getting into a game group that doesn't rp a lot um and you may come in start talking the whole time and like like people will just be like looking at you and stuff so there is a need for kind of like i'm sorry yes you right that is you (laughs) yeah absolutely so what are what are the things that we can do um when we're like to set the stage 
for an atmosphere of having good role play um, in our games, if that's a thing that the group is interested in doing. Yeah, and I think the first thing is to have that conversation with the group and essentially, you know, hey, I'm envisioning this as a game that's probably going to have like a lot of role play or at least a little bit of role play, or I'm really interested in exploring doing more role play. If you're not playing with a group that's done a lot before, like you can say to them like, Hey, I'm going to start running this campaign. Um, and I'm really interested in exploring this aspect. Do you think that we could try this? Whatever, right? Like get buy-in before you ever launch this thing. Um, so that everybody kind of has that thought going into the game itself. So um, that is uh, something that I would do like as a session zero thing. Um, and then like what you're doing is setting the expectations for the group and making sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah. And I would say not only on the same page, right. I would also say that people are comfortable with that, right? right? Like some people may like some, some people, um, so some people play their characters in first person. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I love playing my character in first person, but there are plenty of people in the world who play their character in third person. I find that I actually switch back and forth depending on what the people around me are doing. Right. I do, too, because I do a director thing where I'm like more yeah. interested in, you know, like sometimes I am my character. Sometimes my character is a prop. Right. Sometimes um, we're getting the like f- cinematography, like cinematic visual of the character. Yep. And sometimes we're, we're speaking because we're having the experience. Yeah. Yep. But we want to make sure that people are actually comfortable with that. Yes. Um, And if they aren't, like, it's okay if they're okay with it. Like, if it's not going to annoy them, it's okay for if it's okay for other people to RP. And then that person just doesn't, like, that. they don't need a lot of RP. Right. And that's so, like, a lot of the conversation is really about, (laughs) hey, consent and buy-in on, like, doing this thing. Yeah. And, like, so... Um, if you're with a bunch of people who have done a lot of role playing before, like the specific RP part, then it may just be having the conversation to be like, I expect this to be an RP heavy game. Please lean into it. Right. But if this isn't a group of people that you've played before, or it's a group of people that has historically played less on the RP heavy side, then the conversation might be more along the lines of, can we try this? Are you comfortable with it? Who's in? What are we interested in exploring? Um, that kind of thing. Right. This is also yeah, a good time to talk about lines and fails and safety stuff, which we've talked about many times before, but I will bring it up. Um, so go check it out, um, our previous episodes about safety, if you haven't encountered it before, because it is important when you start talking about role play and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Having said that, then the other thing that you need at the beginning of a game to create um, a way for role play to happen is to give your characters, like set them up with some kind of relationships, right? Because if they don't have relationships with each other, it's really, really difficult to make um, to make role play and, and like in character dialogue just happen because it has all of the awkwardness of approaching a stranger in a bus stop and just trying to strike up a conversation randomly. It is exactly that, and right? It it's is terrible. Like, it, it's, yeah, it's why games without like set relationships or linked backgrounds or like group templates, like right. whatever the method is you whatever use, whatever you want to do, like, <laughs> like without without those things, like those initial RPs are um, they're painful. They are ex- they're excruciating. They're excruciating. <laughs> yes, 
They're they're so awkward. So do you do you, do you dungeon much? Like like I mean, so unless you have a purpose in going for the really awkward, like if this is some sort of like weird romance game thing and you're meeting for the first time and you have and you want to have that awkward tension and you're gonna role play out and role play through it but like role play the awkward and the attraction or something like that's different sure but if if, if you're meeting in an inn and you want to be like okay you are all now sitting at the ta- same table now role play everybody is gonna stare blankly at each other across the table like oh god what do I say? I didn't even want to be at these table with these people. I don't know who they are. Like, you know. So I will give a tip to this, right? Because one of my favorite movies of all times actually deals with this problem, which is uh, Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs, which uh, is about a group of um, a, a group of um, uh, criminals who wind up getting put together for a job um, who don't actually know each other, right? So. Um, there's a whole part where they don't know each other, but the movie opens with them um, just before the robbery, sitting around a table having breakfast and talking. And so what they're talking about is like nonsense stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's really like it's a it's a master class in dialogue because it's just like these guys who don't really know anything about each other. So they're not talking about anything personal, but they're just talking about like like thoughts on stuff and i like i don't want to get too far into it but um but and and you could do that right but you would have to set up that expectation that that's what you're going to right like yeah this is like it's you know as no that and that's the point right the point is like if your game is going to be about and this was like this was what i was trying to get into if your game is going to be about you are a group of criminals um, that are being thrown together for this job and that's the opening of the game and like maybe after this job you're going to become friends or whatever then like the expectation is like I need you to be able like and we want to do some role playing like we're going to have to do this without you guys knowing each other so like how do you guys talk to each other without you know wanting to know anything about each other i.e. if you get caught by the police that you don't turn in anyone in the group right and like then that and i actually haven't seen reservoir dogs so like then i'm like then you make it super awkward by putting like in a restaurant and you're all sitting at the same table so the waitress assumes that you all know each other and you have to make it look like you do right like force them to talk to each other give them a reason to talk to each other if the reason is not the relationships that you build together, then they need to have some other reason to talk to each other. And that might be, we're doing a job together later and we have to be able to communicate. But right now the waitress is watching us and she can't think that anything is fishy. Right? Like there has to be your reason because otherwise I'm going to sit and play on my phone and not talk to the other person sitting at the other end of the bench. I sure shit am (laughs) because I'm an introvert. Like, Like, no, I am able. I am able to go to work conferences and and, and talk unless to I no one <laughs> unless I make myself go to talk talk with people. Correct. I will talk to no, no one. one. Yes. Yep. I actually have to sometimes put it on a post-it note that says like you must talk to two people today. <laughs> so this is where we just get into like you you have to give people a reason to have a conversation, whatever that reason is. The way that we typically do it is through relationships. I think we've just yeah. discovered that there are other reasons to make people have conversations, and that's fine. Sure. But there relationships has to be a are, reason. Relationships are a great tool, right? Shared background is another one, yeah. which is which is also a type of, like, shared background implies relationships. Yeah. Um, all of those things. So having those things in your pocket 
kind of allow you to shortcut your way into a conversation. Right. And then it still might be slightly awkward for you as people when you first do it because you're like feeling your way through your character and, you know, how they would approach this situation. But it removes the element of awkward where your characters are also awkward. Right. Yes. So it just makes things much easier. And it means that you can walk in and just start making assumptions about relationships. And honestly, and this is not necessary. It's just the thing that works for me. I will just throw it out there. Partially unrelated side note. If you walk into a situation and you're comfortable with the people that you're walking into the situation with, and you need to create an immediate relationship, like you need to have an immediate reason to talk to another character and have a relationship. It's really easy to walk in and immediately create something contentious like, oh man, I can't believe you keep ordering those mozzarella sticks. So I think in dating circles, right, this is called negging, right? Like this is where this is where like you put like you put someone down to get them to compliment you. But but, but I but like, they, listen, I was gonna make that's, the same that's not for a compliment. That's so that people start fighting each other immediately because that forces right. there to be a conversation. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, so I was just watching an old movie the other day and I say old movie cause it is now an old movie, right? Which is, um, lethal weapon where, um, this, um, older police officer, uh, gets paired with a relatively younger officer and, they're they they don't know each other right so they're trying they're having this awkward conversation like they're trying to break the ice with each other and um the younger one asks like well what kind of gun are you carrying and he's like i've got a smith and smith and wesson 38 which is like the old-fashioned re like revolver thing and he's like oh he's like nice a lot of older guys carry that <laughs> yeah 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 right and, and it's, it's just it's it's that little bit of tone right I i'll tell it you another story because i'm just yeah i'm feeling chatty tonight sure so I'm feeling chatty tonight. I so, thought you were cold, so but sure. <laughs> I'm freezing, but chatting is keeping me warm. Okay. Um, when I when I uh, started my most recent job uh, coming up on 11 years ago, uh, I started as one of three project managers, and we started a week apart. And I was the first one in, and for a week I was like by myself in this office. And then the second week, my office mate Ralph came in, and on like the like the second day that we were hanging out with each other, we were sitting around chatting with each other with a couple of the people who, you know, who like worked, you know, who were already working in the office and Ralph made, um, some side reference to me having a Britney Spears poster up at my house. <laughs> right. And yeah. it was just like this like little dig. And I was like, Oh, we're going to be really good friends. Right. <laughs> like, like this, like this little, like that little jab was the beginning of just a back, like an endless back and forth of us kind of like hurling insults at each other. Yep. Um, yes. it was great. And, yes. And I like, I sometimes just text him now that we're in COVID land and I'm just like, I miss you. Right. And then we have like a really awkward conversation. Because on, you can't on insult chat. each other the same way. <laughs> Well, the thing work. was his spe his specialty was like really bad innuendos, but also like playing chicken. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like if you if he said something and then you said something kind of risque back, he would double down and say something <laughs> even worse. Is that where you got it from or did you already have that and now you just got paired off in an office with someone who is going to I don't think I was I mean I think I've always had this skill but like Ralph like Ralph really honed, helped um, honed it like, oh right. it was a lot I had a lot of practice <laughs> I had a lot of practice some there are people that were sitting in our office that were like oh my god will you two please stop like just <laughs> 
Anyway, we should continue yes, on. All right, so right along. setting the stage. Yes. We've now talked about setting the stage, which is great because listen, there is there is never a time where you should just jump into a thing without kind of getting people on board first. Yes, it won't so, work. Yeah. And I will also add to the setting the stage thing. If you add people to your group or you create a new group, these are a great time to talk about like your comfort and your expectations for having RP in your game. Yes. Yep. Because you could add somebody to your group who's going to be totally fish out of water when they see like how much RP is happening in your like in a group. Yeah. Or or also potentially the, the specific flavor of RP that your sure. group tends to um, yeah. lean towards. Like, you know, you could be a troop of disaster pansexuals <laughs> that like, like will try to relationship anything that like, you know, that has people. In I it. mean, you could just I'm sorry, say I'm my specifically name. referring to your like, just it's fine. Like, whatever. Yes. Just I don't think they're all disaster pansexuals, but I think there's enough of them in your group. Uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah, good enough. Moving along. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let me jump in and talk about the GM side of things sure. um, to get back <laughs> yes, to get, get us, us back get on us track. Back on track. All right. So as a GM, you have the ability to create spaces for role playing uh, in the game. Now, if you are a GM who preps things, um, and I have been, and sometimes am, depending on a game, um, then you can do this very specifically in your prep. Like you can outline your game, however it is you outline and prep your game. And you can like just put in there that you're going to have a scene where this character talks with this character. Yep. Uh, and, and it could be about a topic. It could be that, you know, if you just throw the two together, they're going to talk about a thing anyway. Like it can be very directed. Um, it could be GM directed where you just put them together and prompt them. It could just be that you put them together in a room and be like, well, these two will be like, you know, kept off to the side while the council's talking, just let them play out a little RP. Yeah. Yep. Right? Um, or it could be very specific. These two are outside the council chambers while the council is debating and have them discuss uh, the Duke. Right. Right? And just either one is perfectly fine, but you can actually just bake that right into your prep. Yeah. Totally fine thing to do. Um, totally okay way to do it. And if you are baking it into your prep, then the other thing I will say is like, make sure that you kind of do that for everybody who likes role-playing in your group. Yes. So, you know, you don't have to do them all in the same scene, but like sprinkle them like throughout your, like throughout your notes. Sprinkle them like Nazis. (laughs) Makes plot happen. (laughs) Okay. The next one is, um, whether you prep your game or not during the game, you can create these spaces, um, especially if you're just kind of like if you're ad hocking your game, like you're ad libbing your game, um, you're you know just playing um, scene to scene, like you're playing off a loose um, uh, index cards worth of information. Um, you can create these role playing scenes by prompting players to get into some role playing, um, and so you can just you know you can do the thing that I just said, like you know you can finish up a couple roles and be like. You've made your speeches. You've made your speech to the council. They now need to go deliberate. They ask you to step outside the room for a few minutes while they deliberate. Um, while you're outside the room, um, what are you two talking about? Right. That's the open ended. Yep. And then you can also do that with a leading question like we just talked about, right? So you can be like, and while you two are sitting outside the room as the council deliberates, what do the two of you think about the Duke? Right. Exactly. Um, and, and or what are you both saying to each other about the Duke? Right. 
and like jump into it like that. And the interesting thing about that, I just want to jump in and point out, is that this isn't necessarily that different from saying like it's downtime, talking character a bit or something, except that you are specifically providing them with kind of a scene, the situation and a topic and a reason to talk. And it gets back to that having a reason to have a conversation yeah. thing. Because if there isn't a purpose to the conversation, it can be really difficult to get that going. So um, as a GM jumping in and saying, like, you know, how did you feel about, like, the the deliberations so far or whatever it is, um, you know... Uh, can can prompt people to sort of you know get off and running in a direction yeah and you'll know which players you need to prompt and which ones you don't yes <laughs> right like some players you can just leave them alone yeah, like you just, just put us in a room you open up the space <laughs> like you open up the space and sit back and let it go yep and other players you know you might want to just like toss out a question i mean i love like I will, even if I know the players are chatty, like I love getting in there as the GM and putting in like a notion like, like, what do you say about the Duke while you guys are sitting out there? Right. Uh, like literally just throw it out like that and just leave it and let it like, just let it fly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's absolutely a thing you can do. Um, the other thing I will say, I'll just add two more things to this and then I'll kick it over to you for some player side chat. Mm -hmm. Um if you want to, if you're looking for places in your game to throw in a lot of RP, um, I am now you can put it anywhere. I'm just going to state that up front, but I will tend to put, um, a little more RP in the intro portion of my game and in the denouement of my game. And then I will, um, be a little tighter with the, um, with open RP sessions through the core, like through the, um, through the action portion of the game. Um, I will from time to time use that as a beat change, mm -hmm. right? Cause that's a nice beat change. Like if I need everybody to like, if you're taking a long rest, I might throw in one of these leading question prompts or if everybody's going to camp for the night, um, that kind of thing. So it's a, like, it's a good way to do that. But like I said, like if I'm warming up the group and I want to get them into like, I want to get them into the story. One nice way to do it is if I start doing some role playing before I kind of launch into what the session's going to be about, players kind of warm up, they get into character, right? They're chatting back and forth. And then I can kind of, I can then ease into um, what our, you know, objective is for the game. And same thing coming out of denouement, like we've had a lot of action. We've had a lot of combat. I want to now like change beats. Like now I want to get into like, like some more talking parts and kind of bring them like out of, you know, the heavy dice rolling tactics kind of session. Um, and then also, Again, you can just do this in the middle of a game. Like if you if you have an extended action sequence, like you're doing a you know an investigation, racing through the city kind of thing, um, you know, having a, a few minutes of RP while you're on the airship, you know, moving across town is a perfectly good change in beat. Uh, we see it in TV, we see it in books all the time. So or like um, or like when they're they're hiding out somewhere and they can't like maybe sure. they're locked in someone's basement because everyone on the planet is looking for them. They can't go anywhere, and they can only eat whatever you know is brought down to them as with food. Mila, whatever Mila, whatever brings, Mila down. brings down. D maybe DS Nine reference. May maybe Thank you. you can just like you know you're gonna inevitably run into some interesting like moments of just like how do they manage this downtime and what are they talking about? Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, 
Yeah. So I, the, the point of it is that as a GM, you have both the ability to, uh, in your prep to create spaces for it. You also have the ability to, to just make a space in the middle of the game in an ad hoc way by prompting players and, and, you know, scene setting and pulling them in. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. All right, so that's the that's the GM side of it. How about some how about some player side tips? Yeah, um, from the player side, the biggest one I think is to actually um, speak out your actions, right? And that's not just doing rolls, so that you're not just doing like oh, I got a nineteen, so I hit. Um, so you can continue to um, reinvest those roles as storytelling prompts. And yeah, we've talked about this before, like describing every single thing in a combat can go on for a really long time. And maybe that's not what we're doing. But, you know, if you um, roll a 19 trying to convince someone of something, then use your words and try to convince them of something, right? Like you're persuading them. So persuade them. Persuade them the way that you would successfully instead of the way that you would unsuccessfully, (laughs) right? Yeah, I mean, you can even do things like if I'm doing my hacking role, right? Like I got to make my hacking role and somebody else is in the room. Like I could just be talking to them about like, listen, I don't understand why you think the Beatles are better than the Rolling Stones yeah. when clearly the Rolling Stones is like, you know, a much better rock band. Like, yeah. And you can start that thing yes. while you're making your hacking role. And then like after you have this like little quibble, yep. right? Then you like, like this little conversation. You hit, you hit enter and you're like, all right, we're in. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then done. like you can. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so it like you can have these things all over the place um, and you can insert them into these things. Lots of people like, listen, most games that we're playing, the characters are competent professionals. Right. So a competent professional can do a thing and also have a conversation about a thing. Yep. Yeah. You know, like you could be, um, you know, you, you could be sitting waiting to line up the sniper shot. And, and, you know, all of a sudden, like you got, you launch like right back into that argument. Right. Yes. Yep. And, and having those repeated conversation things is part of one of the things that will help, like the more that you do it. So giving people the opportunity to set those up before you get into like the little snippet things, which is where Phil was talking about in the intro, giving people the opportunity to create those like conversation points by having more RP at the beginning. (laughs) Right. And as a player, you can just literally do this. You could be like, all right, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to start, I'm going to start my hack. You know, I'm going to like, I'm looking for the perimeter, like I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for an exploit that'll get me in, you know, that'll get me in through, you know, past the firewall. Um, And I think while I'm doing that, like, I just, I look over to Johnson and I'm just like, I seriously don't understand how you think that, you know, that McCartney is a, is a better performer than Mick Jagger, right? And just because he just started playing something by the Beatles while he was doing his thing, right? You know? Yeah. So (laughs) it's it so you can just you can do that as a player and prompt it. Now the GM's gonna have to um help kind of corral this so it doesn't sprawl out to a 20 minute conversation and nothing else gets done yes but that's okay that's on the gm the gm will manage that (laughs) um because the gm can basically at some point be like okay but roll right right like roll your hacking roll yeah and we'll kind of disrupt it and then narrate what happens and that's fine yeah okay and and phil wrote in the notes so he's gonna make me say it out loud because we all know that i'm not a huge fan of the movies because I am a little bit of a purist when it comes to this. But if you think about Legolas and Gimli at Helm's Deep, 
in the movies. <laughs> in the movies. In the movies. They keep, they have a whole bunch of little quips, right? And they're in the middle of a whole bunch of action sequences, but they keep having these little um, RP like conversation moments, like every time they pass each other or like, yep. you know, murder another orc as it falls down the wall and then he looks at them like, I got another one. Like, eh. That's 25. Yeah, like, right? So, yeah. so you like, you can blend this stuff in short or long. And we actually do it pretty naturally when we think of things. Um, in terms of like movies or TV shows even. So if you think about how people do stuff and have conversations in in the kind of dialogue that they have, like that's that, that's yeah. the kind of thing that works really well. Anyway, um, moving right along from that. Um, so you can also, as a player, you can ask the GM for an RP scene. Like you can say to the GM, hey, I would really like a moment where we can explore... X, Y, Z, or like, can we slow down for a minute here and actually like have this conversation in character or whatever, right? And and I write that as a thing that you can, um, you know, you can ask that of the GM and, and you should be gauging a little bit like where you are in the story. Like there's good times to ask for that stuff and there's sort of bad times to ask for that stuff. And usually it feels pretty natural when it happens that either there should be a beat change or you're in some kind of pause. You're, you're in the elevator, you know, going up to the floor that the heist is going to happen on. And you're like, can we just spend like two minutes actually being in this elevator and having this weird conversation that we're going to have before the door dings open. And then you can have the door ding open at like whatever awkward, brilliant moment that makes sense um, or doesn't as the case may be. Right. So sure. Sure. Um, so like, you know, so play that and, and, and play nice with that and don't be mean to the GM and asking, but um, you can ask the GM, you can also ask other players that you're playing with. Right. Like I can say to Phil, like, hey, we're about to go, you know, the GM's like, cool, you all get on the elevator and you're headed up. And I go, cool. Can we take a minute here and just um, like, Phil, I really want to just have this brief conversation with you about um, your dog that we just left behind with three legs. I don't know. Like whatever just happened. Not leaving that dog behind. <laughs> like, okay. Um like, can we have this conversation quickly as we take this elevator ride? And then, you yep. know, depending on the bounds of that um, conversation, like something like an elevator ride is going to keep that pretty short and concise. And so in character, it's easy to keep it short. Um, if if it's not in a time-bounded story thing, it's still kind of your obligation to make sure you're gauging the table um, and not taking up more of the spotlight and time than is really yours, right? So we've talked a bunch about sh spotlight and sharing spotlight. Um, so you can refer to those episodes for that kind of stuff. But like, you know, just be aware of the space you're taking up at the table to make sure that that is still getting shared around and you're not using this scene to like eat up a lot of it, right? Um, and to, to that end, toward that end, I was mixing a bunch of words together. Um have a single conversational goal when you jump into that type of conversation or where you prompt for something in the middle of things so that you have a specific um, end point in mind um, that you're trying to achieve in this conversation so that you know when it's over, right? Like, and, and sometimes that means we're in the elevator and the doors open. We know the doors are going to open, whatever, right? Um, but sure, sometimes sure. that means my goal is to convince you to um, stop... Uh, I don't know, chewing gum. 
So like we come to some sort of compromise and then the conversation is over. Um, you know, so whatever that is, you have a goal or like my goal is to tell you something. My goal might be like, I have these feelings and I need to express them to your, you for whatever reason. Once I have expressed my feelings and you have responded about your reaction to said feelings, then we have accomplished the goal of the conversation and we move on. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the conversation of uh, the conversation in the elevator about chewing gum is hilarious. Yeah, right. right? Like, like if it's just like, you know, one character like popping their gum really loudly as the elevator music plays and you're going up and you're like in full like heist, like masks and stuff. Like, like I've kind of wanted to talk to you about this bubblegum yes. thing, but haven't really had a <laughs> moment. Really had a so. moment like that's really obnoxious. Could you not? <laughs> yeah. Like, is this a thing you do all the time? <laughs> Yeah, so like that's you know, and it could be that, or it could be more intense, right? Um, but I mean, I, I will say this: I, I am a huge fan, right? Uh, I am a huge fan of characters doing important shit while having dumb conversations. Yes. <laughs> like I, 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 so seriously, like I, I, I mean, like my example about the hacker getting into an argument over the Rolling Stones versus the Beatles. By the way, which I do not have a dog in this fight whatsoever. Not even. A, I like the Rolling Stones. I like one. the Beatles. Right? Like, like I, like don't. Um, first of all, let me just back up. I don't have a dog in this fight is a terrible, terrible metaphor. So terrible. let me retract that. I don't have stakes in whether. Um, the Rolling Stones are better than the Beatles. But I do know that is a very fast way to start an argument mm -hmm. with certain people, mm -hmm. right? So, um, so yes, like, but for me, like, I love when highly competent people are having dumb conversations while doing high, like highly competent things. Yeah, it's amazing. And I will refer to basically all of Quentin Tarantino, like, like, um, Pulp Fiction is like both Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs are masters of of this kind of inane dialogue, uh, like while these like terrible things are happening. <laughs> um, and I love it. And I like my characters do it all the time. Um, it is it is definitely one of my like it is definitely one of the things that um, my characters uh, will embrace fully in play. Yeah, so anyway, um, so have fun and just be in character, like feel free to talk in character whenever, no matter if this is officially an RP moment or not, right? And that's part of the expectation setting thing, you know, up front to be like, you don't have to wait for an RP moment. Um, and then I think the other thing is when we talk about these brief conversations that you're inserting and getting to the goal and then ending it, the one thing I wanted to add to that was... That might mean that you come to a conclusion in the conversation and move on to the next thing together. And that might mean that you come to the goal point end of the conversation and you hard cut and that, you know, so that's like the elevator door is open, ding, and you go do the heist. Or that's like, you know, um, they finally had the conversation, the wizard and the curse. This I, oh my gosh, I love our traveling home so much. It's on Kickstarter right now. You should probably just go back it. Just trust me, go back it. Anyway, so the wizard and the curse just finally kissed and it was amazing. And then we cut away. Like they had the conversation what? and they kissed. We don't need anything more from this scene. We cut away. Yep. yep. Hard cut. Yeah. And, 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 and that's the thing. Like think like when you think about dialogue in, in these games, like when you think about dialogues in your games and in, in scenes and things like that, like look at it 
with the eye that a director would, right? Like once you've kind of reached the objective of the conversation, uh, then get out of it. And if it's the like inane conversation, right, then let it return to the action, right? The, the computer chirps because it has, you know, broken, you know, has broken into the, um, into the mainframe or the doors open on the elevator and there's like, you know, 16 guys, you know, with guns standing on (laughs) the other side of it. Right. And, you know. You pop the bubble and then, I like, you the, know, sprint out the door with both guns blazing. Can I just say, I, I love this scene so much as, like, the vision of, like, these, like, highly armed people in the elevator. The one of them is, like, popping their gum and, like, the girl from Ipanema is, like, playing, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. In the background and it's just this weird moment of, like, this inane conversation and then, like, ding! <laughs> like... It's it's something even worse. Like it's not even the girl from Ipanema, right? So it's something like Stairway for he- Stairway to Heaven, right? And so that's initially what the conversation is. It's like, is this Stairway to Heaven? And the other one's like, yeah, yeah I think so. Pop. And then pops their gum, and they're like, I've been meaning oh, to talk you know to what? you about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this gum thing. Why? 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 It's my nerve. It, it calms my nerves, and I, I need calm nerves before like I get into a gunfight. This keeps me chill. <laughs> do you have a problem with it? Yeah, actually, I do. <laughs> is it the chewing or is it the bubbles it's the popping so if i was just to chew the gum like that wouldn't bother you as much yeah if there wasn't any smacking wait wait i'm i'm saying if i blow a bubble that's annoying you but if i just chew it is that annoying you? well only if you make the the, the gum like are you saying I chew with my mouth open? Well, I don't know, man. You make weird noises with the gum. Right? So then, <laughs> ding, and the door is open, right? It's right like, there. Don't resolve it. Just go on. And then you can come back yeah. to it later. <laughs> yeah. that's So those kinds of conversations, because they don't have points, you need you need something else to pull the conversation away. And, and just having like the action come back or characters jump in uh another player could just jump into a scene like the two could be arguing about the stones and the beetles and like the third character comes in is like are you two arguing about this again and we're not even talking about led zeppelin (laughs) right and like immediately like sits down and is like are you in yet yeah (laughs) like like so those are the things that like break like the nonsense stories need something else to break them up when a conversation is about a specific thing, like asking for something or like looking for information or whatever, those have a purpose. And when you meet those purposes, like you said, like get out, like get pull out, out of the yep. scene. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun. This, this is- <laughs> <laughs> we accidentally did the thing. Um, we didn't accidentally do that. I just steered us into yeah, having that, like, it's that not little like, RPC. It's not like I was going to back out if you were going in. That's no. how it works at my game table. Anyway, anyway, I think that's the end of our notes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's absolutely the end of our notes. It's absolutely um, the uh, end of where we would like to kind of uh, wrap that up. So, again, I'll just summarize really quickly, um, you know, establish it. Um, in your session zero or in your expectations for the game, create some relationships to have stuff to initially talk about. GMs can make spaces for this in the game and, and, you know, create those spaces for players and players can create those spaces as well um, by just, you know, narrating what they're doing or, and this is just an actual thing in role-playing games, communicate to the GM that you would like to actually have that kind of scene and like, you know, make it happen. 
Yep. Cool. That's it. All right. Tell me about a show on the Misdirected Mark Network, and then let's get to the closing, and then we'll head over to the Bamboo Lounge to chat for yeah, a Yeah. Well, hey, um, you know another show on the Misdirected Mark Network is the Misdirected Mark Podcast. Oh, I know those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. So on the Misdirected Mark Podcast, you can catch uh, Phil. You might know him. He just raised his hand, but you couldn't see it. Um, and, and Bob and Jerry, and they talk about gaming and game design and game mastering in an effort to entertain and inform you. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Good times. Good times. Good times, fun times. Great oldies. Um, yeah. So, say, Senda, where can people find us on the well, internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on the Misdirected Mark forums at forums.misdirectedmark.com. Or you can find us by dropping us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. Or if you really want to be special, you can find us on TikTok, <laughs> where I'm just a dork. And I'm, I don't, Phil's posted one video. And I'm just a dork. Yeah, I post, I've posted one video so far. It's great, though. I'm working up, I'm working up to another it's one. It's great, though. It's great. And anyway, so if you send us questions on TikTok, then our goal is to use your audio of asking the question. Sneaky. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, cool. Yeah. And once they find us at one of those places, what can they do with that information? I kind of gave it yeah, away, absolutely. didn't I? I'm sorry. You kind of yeah. did. I mean, look, it's no secret. I think if you listen to a couple episodes of the show, you'll know that we like to uh, get our prompts from people who listen to the show. Um, ultimately, our goal is always to help you uh, have better games while we uh, sit and chat with each other, because that's the thing we like to do. Um, so we like to do that part, and then we like to make it helpful by, uh, you know, hopefully providing you some useful information. So, uh, yeah, do that. Um, send us uh, topics. Send us questions. Send us just a, you know, a thing you want to hear us talk about. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we're real chatty. Like, we'll figure it out. Um, it's kind of our specialty after four years coming up on our fifth year of podcasting. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been a while. So we're old hands at this. We're really good. We're really good at coming up with a topic. Um, if you coming up with a topic to no, hmm? we're real good at talking yeah, about stuff. If you give us a topic, <laughs> we actually will talk about stuff if we're not prompted. But um, you may not like it. Yeah, it may not be useful to you. And really, we're really about making uh, gaming better for everyone. So. We like to do these. Anyway, I feel like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, consider uh, supporting our Patreon campaign. Patreon, you go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get all sorts of great things. Um, I'm just going to put it right up front. You get the after show from Misdirected Mark. You get the Bamboo Lounge from this show. You get access to the Slack Room for Life. Slack Room for Life is a fantastic place full of fantastic people. Uh, You can uh, jump in and have Friday lunch with us on the Friday lunch Zoom. So if you're working from home... um, and um, I call it lunch because I'm the one who hosts it, and it's 12:30 Eastern. Yeah, um, you just insert whatever <laughs> meal or cocktail, depending on your time zone. So we have some, uh, we have friends in Europe who are finished with their day, so they are clearly just having cocktails uh, and relaxing with us. Um, all the way over to um, Mountain and the West Coast, where uh, it is either um, breakfast or second breakfast. Second breakfast. Uh, <laughs> First breakfast sometimes if Senda can't get her shit together in the morning. Yeah, that's happened. You know, whatever. Actually, pretty standard, frankly, now that I work from home, because I find that I'm just not yes. really hungry until about 10. So it's like whatever. Correct. I just eat breakfast. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, 
uh, the patron, patron, your patronage goes a long way um, from our hosting costs to equipment to all of that stuff. It is the thing that makes all of this uh, possible uh, month to month, year to year. So thank you very much. Uh, yeah, there's another thing you can do. There is a thing that we can always use help with, which is always to get more listeners. Um, we've already assumed you've exhausted your um, your friends list. Uh, we assume that you've already posted us out on social media to you know whoever follows you because you're awesome and you would totally do that for us. So there is another thing you can do that gets strangers uh, to uh, to come over and listen to us. It's like putting a carrot in one of those boxes with the stick, mm-hmm. right? Like that's how like. <laughs> We need you to put the carrot down so that they come and listen and then boom, the box falls on them and they're like a permanent listener. Um, so what is that thing that, uh, what's that thing that people can do? Can leave us a rating or review on uh, Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show, whether you trap them under a box or not. Um, we appreciate it either way. Um anyway um they make us feel super warm and fuzzy inside and because of the way that like search algorithms and stuff work they actually help new people find the show which is also fantastic uh so we super duper duper appreciate all of you who have already left reviews thank you you're fantastic yeah thanks so much um anyway um senda Uh uh-huh I I still don't understand. Is it you think I chew with my <laughs> mouth open, or is it just the popping of 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 the bubbles? This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, yeah. Click, click. I need to adjust my microphone. There we go. I think is it's, that a metaphor? I think it's better. A meta- I don't know. For what? I mean, it would be a metaphor if I said it. I need to adjust my microphone. It is like an innuendo. <laughs> oh, you're right. Not a metaphor. Innuendo. I'm good with those two. <laughs> You are. You're very yes, good. You're very, very good. You're very good with the innuendo. I, I'm actually too. I, I'm. It's actually. A, it's at times as much of a problem as it is a. Uh, uh, what you call it? As a benefit. Oh, to be honest. Dear. Um, goodness, 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. It's um. It's snowing. It's snowing. Oh, oh, it, oh it's been. Oh, it's been snowing. Oh. I, I haven't looked outside in a little while, but. It's been snowing. No, well, we can't. We can't talk at the beginning like this because no, no, we let's need stop. to record. I, I just, and you, no, I'm ready cold. to jump in. I'm ready to jump in. Okay, okay. Tell me. Yeah, yeah. Make it. Make make it start. Okay. I realize I said my eye, so apparently I am playing a cyclops. <laughs> there you go. Or I have the ability to roll a single eye while the other one does not roll. That's creepy. Isn't it, though? I want to play this character now.